0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: The young couple invited their aged pastor for Sunday dinner. While they were in the kitchen preparing the meal, the minister asked their son what they were having. Goat, the little boy replied. Goat, replied the startled pastor, are you sure about that? Yes, said the boy on the, on the way back from church this morning, I heard mum say to dad, remember we're having the old goat over for dinner tonight. <laughs> Don't know if it's applause worthy, but it's definitely something. I now test these jokes with my wife, so if they are terrible, it's a joint effort. We are a team. Um, And she said that was a thumbs up, so there you go. The invitation. Invitations. I remember growing up, for my fifth birthday, the dream was to have a McDonald's Happy Meal birthday party. Anyone else have that dream when they were younger? Or when they're older, maybe, I don't know. It was the dream, and it was... A dream that came true where me and another five-year-old had a combined birthday party and it was great. We had the playground, we had Happy Meals with cool toys and back then when you were five, a Happy Meal was all the food you needed in the world and the best thing about that McDonald's birthday party back 31 years ago, was the birthday cake was always an ice cream cake. The best type of cake. When you're five years old, that's all you need, a playground, a happy meal, a toy, and an ice cream cake. Back then, though, I didn't have to worry about invitations because my parents invited the people they probably liked the most, so they could hang out with the other parents and the kids could do what they wanted. When you get a bit older, you you have other birthdays. and It really gets to a crescendo, though, when you have something called a wedding and you have to come up with an invitation or a guest list for the wedding. This is one of those things where you sit down with your fiancé and you somehow have to work out who in your life you can invite to your wedding. And it's a great test of your marriage before you're married because the discussions around the invitation list can become quite heated. (laughs) Why? Because you want to invite as many people as you can, but often you're restricted by a budget. It's one of the rare moments or events in life where when you get a no to an RSVP, you're happy. I just saved a hundred bucks. It's good you're not coming. <laughs> and you have your major list of people and especially in like a church community, you want to invite as many people as you can but you're budget restricted. Then you have your smaller list. Then you have all the family who you've never met or haven't seen for years and years but will still get offended if the second cousin on the other side or your side won't get invited and it's this journey of going who do we invite do you invite kids do you not invite kids do you offend the people who have kids yes i was just speaking to someone up before the service who was at a wedding yesterday and there was kids crawling through the aisles it was just a it was a joyous loud occasion for everybody involved. The invitation, though, the invitation list is something that you have to work on. It takes months to work on this for a wedding because there are so many dynamics involved. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe you can remember back to your wedding. Now, some people do it really easy and say, hey, let's just go to the park and everyone can bring a meal to share and anyone can come. Anyone do that? It's cost effective. No one gets offended. It's great for... If you want that, I married a girl who likes the finer things in life, to the point where my father-in-law, when I asked if I could marry his daughter, gave me two bits of advice. One of them was, you got to know that she likes the finer things in life. A McDonald's uh, date will not do with her. She will be expecting something more. Do you remember that conversation that was in his office? He's an accountant. I was terrified, but I got the tick, and that's all that mattered. No McDonald's McHappy Meal for Charlie is what I realized. The invitation, invitations are things that we have in life to say to somebody, you, I want you to join me. I want you to be a part of something I'm a part of. An invitation shows value. It shows honor. It shows and inclusion this morning I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church community I'm inviting you there is an invitation in the Spirit and on Vision Sunday it's like God saying I'm inviting you to pursue me like never before if you've noticed though with invitations there's often an RSVP date and most people don't meet the date. Anyone like that? It's like you wait for the reminder text or message. Hey, as the RSVP was two days ago, are you coming? Now, unfortunately, I'm probably more like that. My wife, though, is very organized. She's normally on it straight away. Who's the organized ones? Who's the ones who, you're, you get in that date way before, you get it in way before that date? You're first in. You're just like, that Facebook event, you're the first yes. You're just... You're not the maybe. You're not you're not the maybe is the one who's waiting to see if something better happens. <laughs> it's so offensive the maybe. The maybe is worse than a no. You just just yes or no. <laughs> often there's an RSVP. Often there's a date, there's a moment, there's a we need to respond. This morning I feel like the Lord is saying, I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you into a season to take you deeper, to take you further, to set your hearts on fire in ways that you never have experienced. We have to remember as a church, uh, Charlie and I, we have a prophetic edge on us. So we'll often talk about Vision Sunday, but our heart is that you catch the prophetic voice. What is it that God is trying to say to us? What is the spiritual invitation? We will get to some practical things later on in the service, but we must start with the spiritual. We must start with what is God saying? The invitation is something for us corporately to say, yes, we're going to pursue the heart of God, but it's also something individually that God says, I'm inviting you individually. Can I hear an amen? Because the thing is about a church, especially a church our size, it's easy just to exist in this type of church. But we have to understand that the church corporately is made up of individuals. Just as you look at these bricks on the wall, if there was one brick missing in that and you could see through, it would be quite unusual. You see, you're the bricks in the house of God. The cornerstone being Jesus. We're built upon Christ. He is our cornerstone, the word declares. And then together, we actually join together to build the local house of God. I love that. Last week, we spoke out of Psalms. And if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Psalm chapter 24 with me. Yeah, thank you, whoever just said that. My notes. Psalm 27. That was a test. Who paid attention? I don't know. (laughs) Psalm 27, verse 4. It says this. It says, one thing I ask from the Lord. Now, if you came before God today, and he said, you can ask for one thing. I wonder what that one thing would be. Would it be the promotion? Would it be the kid? Would it be the healing? Would it be the resource? Would it be the breakthrough? I wonder how many of us in our hearts would say this. The one thing I seek, the only thing I seek, is that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. So this is a theme verse for this year. The one thing I seek, the main thing I seek, that I give my focus and attention to, is that I might dwell in the house of God all the days of my life. I might gaze upon his beauty and seek him in his temple. Sunday night was a powerful night here for our Connect Group night, our Leaders Night. Pastor Charlie spoke an amazing word. But it started at 6, and she got here at 5.30 and started praying. And then people started joining her in praying. Before you knew it, this place, there's people praying all over the place. Before the official start time, there's people seeking God yes. in his temple because they want to seek after the heart of God. Yes. It set the tone for the rest of the night. Yes. You see, when it comes to what God is inviting us into, he isn't inviting us into the usual. And Holy Spirit, let us capture and hear the heart of you right now. He's not inviting you into the mundane, the usual, and even the traditional. He's inviting you into the unknown. He's inviting you into the per- to be the person that gets here half an hour early and starts to pray in the yeah. auditorium. Yeah. And the worship team's like, what's that person doing? They're praying. They're seeking God. It invites you into being obedient, even when it hurts, even when you don't understand. And you step out in faith, even when the storm is happening. Because in the moment of faith, God starts to move. The supernatural moment of generosity, the supernatural moment of worship. If you just want to do the everyday usual, you'll often miss out on the miracle. When Jesus was walking past, it was the man that could not see Who called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy. And he cried out, even when the people said to be quiet, he was being inconsiderate, he was being awkward, he was being different, yet he caused revival to happen because his desperation outdid his comfort. We have a comfortable church. We have solid preaching, solid worship, solid kids' ministry, great people, you can bring your friends here. You know they're going to be loved. They're going to be spoken to. They're going to be, I'm amazed to how many people when they travel and they say, they come back and they tell me, I went to a church and the, no one spoke to me after service. Here it's so normal. And Hopefully if you're new here, someone will speak to you and show you some good old South Coast hospitality, Southern hospitality. <laughs> Revelation twenty two seventeen 17 says this. Revelation, Revelation twenty two seventeen: 17. The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. The Spirit and the bride say what, church? They invite us. They invite us to drink and to drink deeply. I'm just so excited for this year because if only you knew what God had for you. If only you knew the depths of revelation and breakthrough and joy and freedom and identity and forgiveness. If only we understood the reality of heaven invading our hearts on earth as it is in heaven. May our church be that. May it just be an expression on earth as it is in heaven. But this starts in your heart. It starts in us meditating on what does heaven look like? What does God's presence look like? What does the presence of God invading every part of me feel like? This is what God has, the invitation. I love this. Let me read you this. John chapter 7, verse 37. It says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. (laughs) Who wants to have rivers flow from their innermost being? Well, if you love Jesus, that's what you want. You don't want to be a dam that's blocked up. You don't want to be a weak little trickle. You want to be a mighty river. You want to be a Niagara Falls. You want to have a life where the roar is heard before they see. Where the roar is heard before they see. Where people can hear in your voice... The roar of God. How's your roar going? How's your river going? How is that thing that flows from your spirit, from the, from the throne of heaven, through you, touching people? But it starts with this. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. How do you get the river to flow and to keep flowing? Anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink church the invitation that you would come after him and you would drink afresh that you would drink deeply it wouldn't just be a little bubbler drink I heard the bubblers now are happening in schools again they stopped because of COVID the curse is broken bubblers are back the communal bubble where everyone puts their mouth on and it is disgusting is back. Anyone who's thirsty, come to me and drink. At home, Charlotte's going back to school two days a week. So I'm on daddy duties, which I actually absolutely love. We had a few incidents this week, and one involved me getting his jumpsuit with a hose and just spraying from a distance. I didn't hold him up with a hose. (laughs) I did think about it. The thing is, when you have a child who's 10 months old now, it's all about the sleep cycle. And parents know this. It's all about the sleep cycle. It's all about when is his nap going to be? Okay, his nap is two and a half hours from his last wake time. We have to fill two and a half hours now. So I have his little toy car he can zoom around in. That's 25 minutes. I have play school that me and him will watch together, much to his mother's disgust because she doesn't want him in front of screens yet, but we sneakily watch play school and then tell her about it when she gets home. That's half an hour. Feed time is half an hour. He loves Greek yogurt. I I fill him full of Greek yogurt straight away so that by the time he comes to his two and a half hour nap time, he is hungry for his bottle. If I feed him too late with Greek yogurt, he will not take his bottle. And if he doesn't take his bottle, he won't nap. I have to mathematically be accurate I have other things to get done that day. It's not all about him. I have sermons to write. I have people to think about and pray for. And I have timed it so well now, I'm going to just boast about myself, that when we go in to put him to bed, he cannot wait for his bottle. It's because he's hungry. (laughs) I wait for the hungry whinge. He looks at me and he goes, "Eh, I'm hungry. Yes, you are hungry, son, because I have starved you. (laughs) (laughs) So I get the bottle ready, and he he starts getting happy. He gives me the smile. As soon as I get to the point where I'll lay him down to give him, and and he starts to whinge because I'm not quick enough. Hurry up, Dad. I'm thirsty. He's ready for the bottle and he smashes that bottle and it knocks him out. And I have a good hour to hour and 15 before I have to repeat the cycle again. If I feed him too late with other things or if I get my timing out, he will not take the bottle because he won't be hungry. We have to come back to the hunger of our hearts with God. The Greek yogurt represents everything else in life. If you're munching on other things, it will take away from the hunger that God has called you to have to be full of him. If you go through seasons where you lack hunger, you think about this physically. When are the seasons that you lack hunger in life? There's only two reasons. One is that you're sick and you don't want to eat. So if you're lacking hunger today, ask yourself are you spiritually or emotionally unwell? You need to get healthy. Number two is we feed on things that don't actually matter. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Another invitation. Our God is not a God of force feeding. I can't force feed my son his bottle. He won't have it. Literally, he will spit it out. Milk will go all over his face. He needs to want it. I can preach to you about an invitation from God to go deeper today, but you've got to be the one that comes to God. You've got to be the one that goes home today and says, I'm going to take some time to seek after God again out of the usual. Don't get caught up in the usual, don't get caught up in your schedule. Do something different. Because often God is found in the inconvenience. This is some good preaching, if I say so. So there's an invitation today. Number one, to behold Him. To behold God. To look to, or look at, to give attention to, with a sense of awe. Now, I'm not going to read this, but Genesis chapter 19 speaks about Sodom and Gomorrah. And it speaks about how God's wrath comes upon Sodom. And what happens is, as Lot and his wives are escaping, they're told, don't look back. <laughs> don't look back at the city. Don't look back and behold what is happening. What happens though, one of them looks back and they are turned into what? Into salt. Salt. Imagine if you saw someone just dissolve into a pile of salt. You see, what happens is this. Is it's an example of what we look to with awe we become like. The city had sulfur rained down upon it. The city was becoming a city of trampled salt and ashes. And that wife looked back and went, What's happening? I've got to see it. It sounds crazy. There's fire from heaven falling and she became what she beheld. Here's such a key church. We become what we behold. What you look to with awe is what you become. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. If you want to turn there, feel free to turn there. 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And we all who with unveiled faces Behold, one translation says, behold or contemplate the Lord's glory. We are being what? Transformed into that glory. What you behold, you become. In life, we have all these things trying to get our attention. So if you're, and you think about this, we're going to talk about some of the things that we behold, which aren't actually all that good, but we start to reflect. That career, which we've always wanted, which we look at with awe, what happens is we start to reflect that in our lives. My life is all about my work. We start to look at celebrity or different things. We want to be that. We look at money and we want more money and we start to look at money with awe and it becomes the God of our life. The idol in your life is what you reflect. So when we look to Jesus, we start to reflect Jesus. There is an invitation today to behold him. 1 John 3, 2 says this, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, For we shall see him as he is. Did you hear that? We shall be like him. Why? For we see him. (laughs) Who here wants to be more Christ-like? How are you going? Beholding him. Not beholding life, beholding your problem, beholding your fear, beholding your past, beholding your shame. These things are not as important as beholding him to gaze upon his beauty. One thing I seek, one thing that I may dwell in your house all the days of my life and gaze upon your beauty and seek after you. If someone was to do a eulogy about your life, would the primary thing that people say be, they sought after the heart of God. Or would it be they were nice, they were creative, they loved their family, they have graded their job. Now listen, those things are all important and good. But seeking the heart of God, there is nothing more noble. (laughs) You know, as a church here, we're not a church that if you've noticed, we're not not a big events church. I'm not getting in Christian comedians every two weeks to try and get more people here to see the comedian. You should probably get a Christian comedian if you know any. I'd love to see it. No, no. We're we're actually, we are a presence church. And, And everything about our church experience, we actually try and we try and um, incorporate into our services in order to worship him. Because what you worship, you behold, and what you behold, you become. So look at our expressions in our church. Number one, we, we, we not in order, but we have serve, serving. We, 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 we go on about getting involved with serving, getting involved with serving. Why? Because Jesus said, if you want to be great, you have to serve. <laughs> He washed the disciples' feet. So if he done that, then we should wash each other's feet and we should help out. Yeah? So we behold him through service. We then behold him through hearts of worship and living sacrifice and we take moments to lift him with our voice. We worship with our song. We then go into our financial giving. It's not about trying to pay bills. It's about beholding him with our finance. (laughs) We then open the word of God. It's not to hear someone's opinion, it's because we honor and we worship the Lord by honoring the word of God. Amen. And then hopefully we have some fellowship and we honor each other and we worship him by honoring each other, and it's an act of beholding him yes, right. through fellowship. Yeah. And so we become this expression through all these different things when it comes to honoring the Lord, the invitation to behold. Now, the greatest way to behold is to worship. How are you going with your worship? How are you going with your individual devotion? How am I going with my time with the Lord, away when no one sees? How, how's, my, how's my voice going when it's just me and God? How Am I lifting up a new song? Am I a living sacrifice, or is my expression limited to Sunday service? Because I won't behold him if it's limited to just this. This should just be a corporate gathering of our personal expression. A corporate gathering of our personal expression. Now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus yet, hey, get in, get involved, get on the train, get on the bus. But for everyone else who is a Christian here, make sure that you prepare your heart before you get here. Come to the house of God with an offering to give. That's good preaching. All right. The second thing I want to just encourage you around is this. There is an invitation to run after the heart of God. To run after the heart of God. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, What? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes, beholding Him. How do you run the race? You fix your eyes on Him. You behold Him. The third thing is this, is that there is an invitation today for us to run with God. Number one, to behold Him. Number two, to run after him. Number three, to run with him. If you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 says this. It says, What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted apollos watered but the lord caused the growth so then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but god who causes the growth now the one who plants and the one who waters are one that each will receive his own reward according to his own labor for if we are god's fellow workers you are god's field Sorry, we are God's fellow workers, we are God's field, we are God's building. How cool. One translation says, we are co-laborers with Christ. The opportunity, the invitation to run with God. Apollos did one thing, Paul did one thing, and God grew. (laughs) Your connect leaders does one thing, your pastors does one thing, and then God does an amazing thing and you see this amazing fruit. I love how God does that. Back when I was youth pastoring, I was a youth pastor for 11 years. I remember, I love it, I love youth, youth ministry, and I just, I remember I'd speak to, to youth connect leaders because they would give so much time and so much love to these young people and often the young people through life would be there and they'd be full on going and they'd disappear for a while then they'd come back and they'd disappear and I'd say to them listen your job isn't to have all the answers if you look at the scripture here it's just to sow that young person might be in your connect group for six months and then you never see them again it's not your responsibility to get them through every step In a church like this, we have people who are here with us for 20 years. We have people who are here with us for two years. We have people who are with us for one week. And no matter which one of those you are, I pray that the seed of your heart is watered. That you are refreshed. We are a well of refreshing. So there's an invitation as we finish this first section of the word that I'm going to quickly go through some practicals. To behold him to chase after the heart of God, to run after the things of God, and to run with God in partnership. Prophetically, I want to say that some of us need to start to run again. Some of us used to run. We got older, we got some knee issues, and we stopped running. We used to run And as we were running, we tripped over because someone tripped us, someone hurt us. And we thought, I'm not going to run the way I used to run because I might fall over again. It's easier for me to walk because then no one can trip me. Some of us have stopped even walking because we don't want to take the risk of being hurt again. And I want to say this prophetically, that the Lord says it's time to run. The Lord says he has you. The Lord says he's got you. It's okay. Your weaknesses are not your disqualifiers. Nor is your past, nor is your hurt. He exchanges our weakness for his strength. He, he helps us. His kindness and favor surrounds us. But it's not a run where you've got to try and push and push and push. It is a run where you behold. The more you behold him through worship, the more you find you're picking up speed. (laughs) A great worshiper knows how to run and not grow tired because they come to the Lord. Those who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. The invitation, the invitation for our church and today I encourage you to say yes to chasing after the heart of God. Yep. Listen, even if you don't know what that means, yep. just say yes. Yep. God, I'm going to go after you. Yep. I'm going to go after your heart. I'm going to go in your word. I'm going to study. I'm going to, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to find myself in you like never before. Yep. And if we do that, we'll have the most fruitful, yep. joyful, blessed, fun year as a church family that we've yep. ever had because we are beheld by him. In Jesus' name. Sound good? Let me share a couple of practical things today, just before we finish. Just to share a couple of things, because there's no point in hearing vision, God's heart, without the ability to buy in. There's a few things going on. Number one is this. We're looking at starting some things called celebration months. And celebration months are basically this, where different months this year as a church, we're going to be celebrating either different groups in our society or different spiritual elements, celebrating kingdom things and focusing around that. So I'll use an example. One of them we want to do is, we will celebrate grandparents Slash over whatever age. Slash grey-haired people. (laughs) I'm getting some greys myself. And in that month, we're just going to honour and celebrate the incredible richness of our older generations. And we'll do it by doing things on the screen, interviewing different people, having a week where We pray over all of our older people. And then one week, we would get all of our older generations to pray over the younger generations. Just to find ways to celebrate the richness of this group in our society, which often is undervalued. We will celebrate grandparents. Don't know if it'll be called grandparents, but it'll be something. We will celebrate the matures. No. Maybe some of the older people can tell me. We will celebrate seniors. I don't know. Something like that. Something. Another one we want to do is we will celebrate diversity. And we actually want to have that so that one week we have different expressions. That the church celebrates. So one week I want to get the Filipino crew up here. They're not here today, but we'll get them up here. I, I want to get. Them, I want to. Let's do Filipino food. Let's do Filipino testimony. Let's have some flags up here. They can do some music. Let's 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 celebrate the richness of diversity. I want to do one week on the on, on celebrating our indigenous culture. <laughs> different areas of society where we actually as a church take time to do what our church's name is. We're also going to celebrate different um, kingdom elements. So um, we're going to launch in March. We will celebrate miracles. Miracle March. Whereas as a church. We're going to celebrate. We're going to believe God for great breakthroughs. Another thing this year we want to do is we want to launch a hospitality build project, and I know if you know our, our miracle offering last year, yeah, so we're already, already getting a team, a team that's uh, starting to work on that, um, and if you have any skills when it comes to planning, building, all that stuff, just come and just speak to our office, please be qualified though. Uh, but we would love to be a church that knows how to be hospitable very, very well. So that's, that's really cool. More information to come. We want to um, do a, a thing called uh, Celebration Church Kids Fest, which, um, yeah. So in the, in the June, July school holidays, middle school holidays of the year, we want to do a big kids fest where we reach out and then we do a big two or three days of just um, reaching the kids in our community, fun encounters, Awesome, just celebrating that. More info to come. Um, we have our Pastors Well account, which we're going to keep keep blessing. I, I know a bunch of, uh, I know at least a, a couple of pastors who didn't make it through COVID when it came to ministry. Uh, they just got burnt out, they got discouraged, and they're out of ministry now. And I just think we've got to real, um, be very sensitive and be very uh, smart when it comes to supporting uh, pastors who, in the last 12 months, have probably given more pastoral care to people in our society than probably ever before. And I just think as a church, we can be really intentional about blessing, reaching out, encouraging. Because I know, personally, I I speak to a bunch of pastors, and there are many who are struggling, and there are many who need uh, a real fresh encouragement and touch from God. So this year we're going to be looking at different ways we can be an expression of that well, especially to pastors. You know, this week I want to just say thank you to um, those who have held up Charlie and I in prayer. You know, when it comes to Vision Sunday, the week leading up to Vision Sunday, we encounter more spiritual opposition leading up to this Sunday than any other time in the year. Our family gets more opposition spiritually than any other time, and. We just want to say a big thank you to those who have been praying for us, uh, reaching out this week. The, the enemy hates it when the church goes forward. And if he can discourage pastors, um, who knows that you know if a pastor gets hit hard, the church suffers. <laughs> I've seen it my whole life. So we've got to make sure that we just honour, love, support, reach out. And one of the greatest ways to, to do that is, and I encourage you, every day pray for our pastors. And if you have kids here, get your kids to pray for our pastors. Raising them a heart of, of um, upholding those who, who spiritually um, oversee uh, sheep in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. Um, the fifth thing is uh, we want to focus on connect group expansion. Now, if you want to know what the backbone of our church is, the backbone of our church is actually discipleship. So you think about your spine and you have vertebrae, you have, they're connect groups. So the stronger we can get our connect structures, the more empowered our connect leaders are, the more new connects come on board, the stronger and longer the spine can become. Now, if you didn't have a spine right now, you wouldn't be able to walk. You wouldn't be able to do anything. So what happens is as a church, we go, what did Jesus say? The great commandment was this, to go and make disciples. It wasn't to meet together on Sundays. <laughs> now, that's good to meet together, to not neglect meeting together. But Jesus said, number one, go and make disciples. So this year, we actually, we have a faith goal when it comes to both discipleship connect groups and community connect groups. What are community connect groups? They're groups where you start a group to connect with the community. You can start a basketball team. <laughs> you can start a mother's group. You can start a business, hang coffee at a local cafe once every two weeks. You can do a prayer group, whatever it might be. Something that's going to connect you with people because that is the first step of discipleship. Please capture this. We're about to finish, but capture this. The first step of discipleship is not to be on an altar call. It's for you to call someone and say, "Hey, let's get coffee." The other day, um, Nat and I were getting breakfast and we're at a local cafe, and there was a group near us, probably eight people in their maybe twenty-five to forty age group, just hanging out getting breakfast together. And I thought, "Who is that group?" I thought, "Are they a part of a church?" And I thought, I don't think they are. That's just someone having a relationship with a bunch of friends before work. I'm like, the church needs to become good at this. Not be the wacko Christians. Be the loving Christians. So I encourage you, it's not hard to get some people together to start to make discipleship happen, which starts with relationship. What did Jesus say in the Bible? He said, Follow me. He said, Hey, I'm going to your house for dinner. Yeah. He said, Hey, let's hang out. It started with relationship. Does it sound good? Yeah. So, we want to double that this year. We want to double the amount of connect groups. And we want to have just a church full of disciples and disciplees. Now, think about this with me. Imagine if you had, you know, 100 disciple groups connecting with five people, that's 500 people in the kingdom who are being influenced. And most of you here can connect with five people. Yeah. Because you're nice people. And you don't smell too bad. So make sure that you step out of the boat this year and be a discipler. In Jesus' name. And the last thing is this. There's more to come, but it's just a few things just to get your taste buds going. But launching this year um, in spring, a project called the Pursuit Project. It's, um, it's actually a worship album project. Yeah. So well, last Sunday at the end of the service, I had a, um, a picture and I was, when I was praying for the church, I just had a picture and it was, it was like this. And it was this mighty roar of worship going up and just straight to heaven, this mighty roar, like unified together, um, powerful. um, Aggressive is the wrong word, uh, but authority, like like we know how to worship the Lord. And I just felt like collectively there was a sound. And it was a sound of freedom. A sound of freedom. Freedom is something we don't talk about much, but it's something we need. Freedom of the heart, the soul, the mind. And so we've been speaking about it this week going, we have amazing songwriters. We have amazing worshipers in our church. So we're starting to work now on doing a recording later in the year so that you can take home and listen to worship that is come out of the sound of Celebration Church and that we can bless other churches with and most of all we can bless God's heart with and I said to Nat and, and Nat and Karen oversee our creative I just said to them, I don't, I don't just want another there's so many churches doing songs I don't want more noise we have to capture something of heaven we're not doing this for the ego of our worship team or for the you know, we're doing it because we want to touch the heart of God. But I believe prophetically there is a sound in this church. So part of our miracle offering from last year is going to help with that. And we're just going to make sure that we're just going to work hard this year at just producing um, an expression of worship. And it's, it'll be called Pursuit. The, the, the EP or the album will be called Pursuit. And we're just going to go after the heart of God like never before. And I just want to, on that, as we finish, encourage you. Be a great worshipper. Yeah. <laughs> like, be a really, really great worshipper. Yeah. Worship the Lord. Worship Him in your heart as living sacrifices. At home, be. it doesn't matter if your wife doesn't like your voice or your husband doesn't like your voice. Maybe you've got to come up with some, some rostering around when you can sing or not sing, but, but just... Just be somebody who, who worships the Lord. Lift up a new song. You would have seen this morning, I'd, maybe you didn't see but I brought my son in, brought Bear in, and maybe he had little blue headphones on. I get a bit funny about his hearing. Like, I want to make sure I preserve his hearing. And sometimes when that hits those high notes, <laughs> glass shatters. When Joey hits those low notes, you feel it in your soul, don't you? But Charlie and I are very intentional. We like we want him to be in worship, like we want him in the no- in the atmosphere. We want him to be, we want him to be a worship kid. We want him to, to 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 grow up knowing the heart of God. For you, be a worship kid. You're still a kid in God's eyes. Childlike faith be somebody who just worships the Lord and to gaze upon his beauty. In Jesus' name. Why don't we all stand to our feet? And Charlie, i just get you to come up in a second. We're going to pray over you. We believe in praying and sending you out with the blessing of God. But why don't you just close your eyes for a moment. Just close your eyes for a moment. This morning I've been speaking about gazing upon the beauty of God, to know God, to be all in. And this morning I just want to give a moment just to let you respond in your hearts when it comes to being all in, making sure your heart is completely surrendered to Christ and in this place there's going to be people and your heart you're not all in your heart isn't fully surrendered and I want to give you an opportunity just before God this morning to say I want to give my heart to Christ or I want to recommit my heart to Christ if that's you in this place as everyone has their eyes closed I just want you to put your hand up where you are and say that's me that's me Awesome, I see that hand. I see that hand here. Over on the right, I see that hand. I see that hand here too. You're just saying yes, I just want to make sure. I want to get my heart. I feel like something's going on. I need to respond. In Jesus' name. Awesome, over here. I see that on the right. At the back there, I see that hand. Just a moment longer. We're just going to pray a prayer of dedication. And if you put your hand up, or if you didn't, but you know in your heart you need to pray this prayer, pray it from your innermost being, and we're going to join with you and pray this prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. And this morning, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I surrender all to you. And Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I repent and I turn to you. And I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. And Holy Spirit, I invite you into my heart Please help me Please, in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, just, just one more thing. Just keep your eyes closed. I just, when I was saying before, I feel like there's, there's, there's those in the room and they, you used to run and now you don't run the way you used to. Speaking about running after the heart of God. And I'm not going to get you to put your hand up, but I just want you in your heart. Just just make a fresh commitment to say yes to the invitation, to behold His beauty, to run after Him, to run with Him. In Jesus' name, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Just take a moment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Awesome.
0: We'll just pray over you guys and send you out this week. So if you've come with your spouse or family, you can grab their hand. Awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I thank you so much for 2021 being the year of pursuing you and your heart like never before. And Father God, as a church, we just stand before you and make that commitment to you that we would dedicate this year to being that. And I pray, God, that you help us just run like never before, seek after you like never before. We are so hungry and desperate for more of you and to know you and to discover everything in your kingdom that you have for us. God, so as a church family, we just say yes and amen to what you have for us. We send out our church right now with your protection, with your peace, with your blessing, God. We just ask that this year will just be a year where we just uh, so amazed by what you have for us—miracles, supernatural, all of that—in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> amen. <laughs> Amazing. We love you, church family. Enjoy your Sunday. Thanks for joining us. Bear saying amen. (laughs) Beautiful. See you next week. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.